up, everybody, and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I'm joined once again by Brad Hartcastle. Say hi, Brad. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so uh, this week, this week is actually a very exciting week. Very, very exciting. It is uh, the new console launch for both Xbox and play and and PlayStation. And along with that, AEW planned and released their first trailer and news for their video games. So we are gonna we're gonna talk about those first, and we do have a couple questions as well. So we're gonna read those, and alongside with this news. Okay, so the new the the huge news first of first of all was uh, the console game is being developed by Ukes, uh, in a in joint with. Hideyuki Ishoida, otherwise known as Geta, who is the direct, who is the director of No Mercy, and and Def Jam Vendetta, and I don't know if anybody has seen Def Jam Vendetta. That was the, it was essentially a wrestling game using the No Mercy engine, but with rappers, and yeah, it's uh, a lot and, of fun too. Like and that came out, I believe, on PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. I never actually played it. Because I was late to the PlayStation 2 party when that happened. I stuck around with the PlayStation and the N64 for a little bit longer. <laughs> but I went back and I looked at the some footage of uh, 1080p Def Jam footage. And you can just see how that... Um, how that engine is going to work perfectly with modern consoles. Yeah. You don't even really have to change up. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with this game. You just have to make uh, like modern graphics and just find a way to include the sheer volume of moves, which I know that Kenny has said is that's actually what they're working on right now. And he he cited Phoenix as somebody that is a challenge if you think back to the no mercy (laughs) game you had like maybe eight or nine moves per person like Mm -hmm. uh directions plus b plus holding down b is like strong like strong and weak grapple in the different directions and maybe a couple other buttons and those were all your moves and but someone like phoenix has like 20 30 moves at his disposal that he breaks out on any given day and uh so that's the that's the development issues that they're having right now is trying to find design uh design solutions for that and i think that they'll figure it out because this is gukes they are even though the more recent 2k games haven't been good they are the preeminent video game uh developer for wrestling and they have been for the past like 20 years yeah at this point and uh so i i'm so excited with that and um Me we too. have a we have a couple questions here one was just general thoughts on the predictions for the console game um one thing that we saw in the console game was that the graphics were a little more cartoony mm-hmm. and so i think we're we're certainly seeing a more arcadey cartoony looking game i don't think it'll be that cartoony as we saw i think they might tone that down a little bit but where i think and this is based off of kenny's 
love of Street Fighter, I think we're going to see an art style that's a little closer to Street Fighter V. Still very exaggerated, still very um, almost uh, like big hands, big muscles. Like mm-hmm. They look like comic book characters, and I think that's sort of what he's going for. Yeah, with this, that makes a lot but, of sense. But within a 3D realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait because within the trailer, the, the animations were super smooth. I don't necessarily believe that was in-game footage, but the the camera cuts were so good. And if you look back at those old games, they had those camera cuts. So yeah. it's not they're not reinventing anything there. They're just modernizing it. And I think once people get their hands on it and they see how easy to play it is how easy to pick up and play but at the higher levels it's like it's super complicated similar to a street fighter mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i, I think it's you. i think it's just going to be amazing those games they were my childhood essentially for uh for about five six years yeah that's all i played was those my, my friends and i would create a like even like cards we play with like create we created trading cards for our characters that we created (laughs) in those games and we'd play with our action figures pretending they were those characters yeah we were all in on these characters yeah i remember keeping my 64 hooked up just for wwf no mercy like long after other consoles had come out i just kept playing that game people still play as other than uh super mario 64 that's really one of the only games that people still play the nintendo 64 for Mm -hmm. and you can go online and like people like somehow download like skin textures for it and stuff and make new arenas and new wrestlers and stuff i've I've seen lance archer in no mercy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, it's really cool and we have another question from brian hernandez that says why was no mercy good is it is it nostalgia or is there something mechanically that makes it great? I think it's it's the speed of the game mm-hmm. is very important. The uh, the arcadiness and it's incredibly responsive. Yeah, like those games were incredibly responsive to yeah. to the controls. Whereas the new games are very slow and sluggish. Part of that's on purpose because they're trying to simulate. Whereas that's not what this was. This was fast paced, not too fast paced, but like uh definitely arcadey but mm-hmm. to a point that it just it just hit a sweet spot and i know i don't think it's uh just nostalgia because if you go and look back at the old like the 64 games you get that nostalgia pop but then i went when i went and looked back at the um def jam games which i did not play i looked at those it was just like i could play that now and that would be amazing yeah like they're a lot looks, of fun it looks like it plays like butter and mm-hmm. that was with fairly modern controls like the the four button setup and the shoulder buttons and the and the two uh, joysticks so yeah. it's not it's not an easy control scheme to get to wrap your head around mm-hmm. yeah the i think it's back to the his question i think it's i mean i'm sure nostalgia plays a factor into it cuz mm-hmm. you know i was 15 when it came out so of course i'm going to mm-hmm. be nostalgic for it but also, like you were saying earlier, it's it's easy to pick up. Like you just tap B in a direction and you'll do a move, or you can hold B in a direction for a stronger move. And it, it's it's just like, when you're first playing, it's it's a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I'm. Just, I was just gonna say that there's just there's a reason why people keep going back to it. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, yeah. it's just like, there's a little bit of the golden eye factor. Whereas like with Nintendo 64, there were some control, uh, some controls that you wouldn't do nowadays because controllers have gotten better and mm-hmm. more intuitive. But that's where, when they took that exact same um, engine and brought it over to Def Jam with the updated controls and it worked just fine yeah. that like moving it to current gen or to the next gen is not going to be difficult. They just have no. to figure out how to not bog down the, uh, the engine or, or the characters with too many moves, which I think is what happened with uh, the two K games. Like, you can't possibly know how to pull off every move in that game. There's there's too many contextual stuff, and so often it do, they don't even work. Yeah, like I can't even tag out of a match to my tag partner because the the indicator won't pop up to do so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be. Uh, I just can't wait. It's gonna be so good. I got nothing else to really say yeah. other than I just it'll, can't wait. It'll just. Like I went, I went back and looked at the uh, the animations and like even the New Japan games that they had. Mm-hmm. The uh, what well, what were they called? Virtual Pro Wrestling. Virtual which, Pro Wrestling, yeah. Which I believe is actually it's the same creative director. Mm-hmm. Um, the animation in those games is like this. The the skeleton work is so good. You like they look like they're modeled after real people. Mm-hmm. currently and games back then didn't do that yeah like games back then were janky as hell we're talking about the nintendo 64 here like you could use those games as the uh as the like skeleton models for the new games if you wanted yeah. to and the moves would look just as fine yeah whenever they um at the end of the trailer when they showed the melter driver it looked just like it used to be when you're creating your wrestler and it had like the just the one mm-hmm. colored sprites doing the you want this move and it'd show him do that. It's like, Oh, okay. I'm all in. That's all you had to show me. Yeah. I actually, I suppose we should talk a little bit about the trailer that they showed. So the trailer showed, uh, it showed Kenny fighting, uh, fighting Jericho. Chris Jericho. And mm-hmm. I was a little taken aback by the, by the, uh, art style at first. Cause it looks a little bit like WWE legends mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I got, Oh, I got over it eventually because if you think back to no mercy that what they were deformed as well, yeah. but the, but also there were like sparks when they hit each other. And mm-hmm. for me, that's to me, that says more like that's just a, a trailer, like a CG trailer. We're not yeah. actually going to be seeing those things in game. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, then it cuts to uh, Kenny versus Sheeta. So we're going back to um, the intergender matches, which is fun. We used to be able to do that in No Mercy. So I'm excited yeah. about that. There will be I thought, a, um, Sheeta's model looked really good, though. Sheeta's like, model did look slick. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and her movements were incredible, and the camera shots were really good. Mm-hmm. She hits her, um, she hits her falcon arrow, and then her tamashi on Kenny. Yeah. And uh, Sheeta was tweeting about it, saying, "Not only did they." put in my move or put in the falcon arrow but they put in my falcon arrow mm-hmm. like those are my movements yeah and i could see that as well kenny's v trigger in the trailer like it's it's perfect it looks like kenny's v trigger yeah so i'm super excited about that and I then if they're it, gonna get the wrestlers to make them do mocap and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then they showed the uh like you said the the Meltzer driver but with the uh with the like just one color models which is awesome because like you said that was those were the models that they I can't remember which version it was whether it was I think it might have been WrestleMania 2000 I can't remember mm-hmm. but they that was when you were designing a character and you were giving them their moves yeah that's what it looked like Mm-hmm. So that's confirmation that we're getting character creation and yeah. move selection. And uh, some people thought that was a little weird that that was in there. It was a little jarring, but I point I pointed out that, that out right away. It was just like, ooh, here comes character creation. Yeah. That's very exciting. I hope they do like, I remember in No Mercy, I think you can make like your own pay-per-view and like mm-hmm. your own belts and stuff. I hope they bring all that stuff back Your own too. factions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you great. could like divide all the characters into factions and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. Okay, then the next thing we have is a is a GM game, which is going to be a mobile game, and that is uh, it's called All Elite GM, and this is from their transcript. But it says uh, you take control of the of the GM duty, managing a roster full of. AW wrestlers booking matches, running the show in order to generate revenue, new fans, and effects on wrestlers' stamina and morale. This game is being developed by Crystallized Games, and Aubrey Edwards is heavily involved in the development of this one, and that's her background. She is, she was a producer for uh, for mobile games in the past before she joined AW, so that's good that she is heading this up. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. Um, booking games are fun and i think this is going to be really good and i don't really know how the matches are gonna work but there are matches in this so i think yeah it showed like little snippets of like the young bucks doing stuff like i think it's essentially simming so (laughs) when you you put the matches together you sim it and then hopefully you get the results that you wanted and then based off of the results the fans will give you more money and revenue it's it's a cool little game it's a good mm-hmm. idea for a mobile game i hope it's going to be a paid game and not a free game um the animations look really good the art style looks cool so i think that's probably the case mm-hmm. yeah and did they say when that one's coming out or they didn't but okay. they did say a game that's coming out this winter is this next mobile game which is the aw casino Double or Nothing by Comma Games. And this one's a little, I mean, it's slightly iffy because it's gambling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It is gambling. And uh, who knows how they're going to do that, whether it's going to be real money involved or whatnot, because lots of video games have gotten in trouble with loot boxes and mm-hmm. and lawsuits and the court from governments around the world. So hopefully they don't get in over their heads. But it looks like they're going to have tournaments, um, uh, games where you can play against the casino, multi-table tournaments, yeah. uh, like all different things where you play different uh, casino-style games and you win like AW merch and stuff, which is kind of cool. If like, yeah. uh, But I don't know how they're going to do it with real money in the game with you kind of want to market it to kids. In it's some gotta way, be like fake money or points, and you just accumulate enough mm-hmm. over time, and you can get like a shirt or something. Yeah, which would be cool. I think that would mm-hmm. be awesome, especially if they if you have to pay for the game. Like if mm-hmm. it's a paid game, 
that you can then accumulate these points. Or maybe you can like pay for packs of cards. I, I don't know. It's in, it's interesting. I need to hear more about it. But uh, yeah, they didn't show much about it. They just showed like all the wrestlers at a casino, like mm-hmm. in real life. They they have a little more online. Like it says, uh, for the tournaments, it says master your poker skills, participate in weekly sit and go and shootout tournaments where you can win unique AW trophies and millions of chips, and and enter the and enter the leaderboard, and then for the play against the casino, it says try your luck at unique poker modes, challenging dealer in split bet poker and set poker. So it's legit poker. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I that's kind of cool. My, my wife's gonna love this skin because she likes the casino. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. They're they're trying multiple different things, mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it. And with them having their own YouTube channel and this, it looks like they're going to like continue to produce different games over the years, which uh, I'm excited about. I mean, they that, essentially made their that, own development company. Yeah. And it gets your, your, the AEW name out there to different people who may not watch wrestling. They see a casino game. Like this is based off a wrestling company. Let me check out this wrestling company. And then the console game is going to pull in a lot of people. For oh, sure, for sure, yeah. People like, in their thirties and that remember playing No Mercy, like, oh my gosh! Like I saw a bunch of uh, on Twitter, a bunch of guys in the the fighting game community were going mm-hmm. nuts over it because it, they were bringing up No Mercy and stuff, and they're like, oh man, I'm definitely getting this. I don't even watch wrestling anymore, but I'll get this and stuff. Yeah, well, No Mercy is like you can get really. It becomes sort of like a fighting game because there's blocking, <laughs> there's reversing. You don't have to get all the different like power ups. It's not like almost mm-hmm. like RNG ish where you can lose your yeah. your reversals over time. It's just based off of your skill. So it's uh it'll be good. It'll be great. I can't wait. And I hope I hope um what was his name? Aki Man comes <laughs> back. And like they had all those weird like that ninja guy and all that stuff. I hope all those guys come back. Yeah, I mean it looks like they got the Aki engine or at least the man who used the aki engine mm-hmm. yeah because the that company's actually like they still make games right yeah they rhythm make games or but something. they make mobile rhythm games so they mm-hmm. probably bought some form of the engine mm-hmm. and then brought in the director to use it so i think it's fantastic because even the current games are just uh they're just derivative of that old engine they're, mm-hmm. they've all been built off the no mercy engine yeah like yeah. strong grapple Weak grapple, weak grapple. Mm-hmm. strikes, and, and there's then, like an Irish whip button. Yeah, it's a, it's all based. It all came from that one spot. Mm-hmm. It's like how everything came from blues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dynamite this week was, uh, I guess, the opposite of a go home show. This is the new launch of storylines after yeah. the uh, after full gear and. I really enjoyed it. the The matches weren't quite; uh, they weren't like absolute bangers, but they were serviceable. And there was a very big reemergence of a character mm-hmm. at the end of it, and a yes. f- and a phenomenal finale. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, You'll have to uh, mainly take the lead on this first match because I'm sure some of you know YouTube was down. Oh yesterday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So or Wednesday. So I had to. Uh, I missed the first 
like 30 minutes because YouTube was down. I have YouTube TV. So. Okay. So the, the first, uh, the first little bit, it started with a, uh, start with a promo by Taz where he, he comes out and he calls out Darby. Darby's sitting in the stands again. He says like, Oh, there's the, there's the new face of AEW. Congratulations. You know what? You stay up there or we're going to knock you out again. Um, (laughs) And he's talking about how, uh, like, you don't come down here. Cody doesn't come down here. Nobody's going to get hurt. He's saying, um, he says that uh, Cage, he's going to face uh, Seidel. Seidel's a veteran. We respect Seidel. But he's similar to you. He's similar in stature to you. He's quick like you are. He's got uh, He's got good reversals like you do. He's beaten premier talent like you have. So we're gonna use him as an example as to what's coming for you. So it was a it was a nice little promo to set up <laughs> the Cage versus Seidel match, which has been the usual Seidel match these yeah. recent days. Which was he's he's faster than the guy he's wrestling. He's more technical than the guy he's wrestling. He's getting sixty five percent of the offense in within the match. And then he's losing at the end, putting over the guy who beats him. Yeah. So that was essentially this match again, similar to the Kingston match before. Um, some people may have thought that Seidel shouldn't get as much offense as he did on Cage. I thought it was great, though. I mean, I really like these matches. I think Seidel is an absolute vet, and he makes he makes the other wrestlers look really good in defeat. Mm-hmm. Um and the there was there's one really cool uh reversal where well there's actually two really cool reversals but one where Seidel reverses the drill claw into uh into a pinning combination which looked really cool and it got to like 2.9 no way. like Seidel almost beat almost beat a cage by accident because if that hand <laughs> hits it's done they gotta yeah. call it and uh it was it almost you know they almost didn't kick out in time and uh but then Seidel went for a it looked like a swanton bomb but uh cage was standing but i guess it was his uh it was his flipping neck breaker that he does but mm-hmm. he comes diving like coming down at an angle towards cage and cage just catches him in like this deadlift by the neck so that oh, wow. his legs are standing up in the air. He just mm-hmm. catches him with one arm, like just deadlifts him up into the drill claw. And it was one of the coolest finishes I've ever seen. So despite Cage only getting 45, about 45% of the offense in, he ended up looking like an absolute badass at the end, which is what I kind of like. There was mm-hmm. and there was a NXT match or nxt uk match a couple years ago where uh or a year ago where um tyler Bate was facing walter and mm-hmm. tyler Bate was going at walter going at walter going at walter he like he was he was hitting it with everything he had everything he had until walter was just like no more yeah <laughs> and just hit him once and ended it mm-hmm. and it's beautiful i love matches like that it's just perfect monster heel yeah, that's a it's a tried and true formula, and I thought it worked really well in this, and it was probably one of Cage's better matches. I gave it three point seven five. It wasn't quite great, but it was very good. 
and I liked it, and it was a good uh, start to the show. That's good. Yeah, Cage needs to wrestle more because that's how he'll get over. He's getting he... a little bit lost, and mm-hmm. I think what's happening is uh, Starks is kind of taking over. Yeah, because Starks can talk. He's got mm-hmm. more of a personality. Um, Cage is sort of becoming the uh, the heavy of the group mm-hmm. between the two, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But where yeah. I I see Starks as the main eventer and Cage as the mid card guy, yeah. probably between those two. That's why, even though uh, Cage has the talent uh, to be mm-hmm. the top guy. Yeah, that's why he needs to wrestle more because he's not the best talker. So mm-hmm. him doing stuff in the ring that he can do would help him out a lot. So absolutely. And then we afterwards we have this Cody promo. Well, it starts as a Cody promo. It comes out. It looks like it's going to be the uh, the the big. Um, rousing Cody from he comes out he says uh he first congratulates Darby he's like congratulations and then he says uh I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna challenge for a rematch yet he's like there's mm-hmm. actually another belt that I would uh that I would like to challenge for um I would like a rematch against MJF and then the camera pans and you can see that there's somebody behind Cody and he turns around and it's this woman who looks like uh who looks like Storm from the mm-hmm. X-Men and we've actually seen her in the crowd for at least a month now, maybe longer. And uh, she's been in the crowd. She's about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, yeah. absolutely jacked. And um, she grabs a mic. Oh, no, she snatches the mic out of Cody's hands. Mm-hmm. And she interrupts him and she says, I'm Jay Cargill. <laughs> Jay yeah. Cargill. She says, uh, she says, I've been sitting in the crowd for a while watching watching my competition and I've been watching you and I've been watching you run your mouth saying that you're the, the prince of pro wrestling, saying that you're a giant killer, uh, saying that you're the giant killer. But she's like, but Cody, you have to be real careful. And she looks him up and down, focuses on his Janssen and says, <laughs> there, there's nothing giant about you, Cody. And then you can hear the, all the crowd go, oh, yeah, the, like that the crowd so hard. Popped. <laughs> yeah. The crowd popped really hard. She's like, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, giant about you. She's like, and you need to check yourself when you're talking about giants because I represent a giant and yeah. he does not like being, uh, being poked like this. <laughs> and then she, uh, she continues to, uh, to mock him to to more huge pops she says um she says she says next time you want to you want to think out loud may may what is it i need to uh she said she tells him that the next time he's gonna he's gonna think out loud she suggests that he keeps that shit to himself yeah (laughs) and then again the crowd goes fucking wild Mm -hmm. and it says something that they let her get the spot with him because these spots are traditionally Jake Roberts bringing out Archer, mm-hmm. um, MJF. Like these are the big time story moments. Yeah. Like it's the cool the how they stories within like the company. That. And then uh, she walks away and uh, she's walking away up the ramp and she looks at him and she mockingly says, Oh, and congratulations on your name. Yeah. And gives him like a little a little golf clap, and she says, "Oh yeah." And the giant that I'm working for, his name is Shaq. 
<laughs> I think Excalibur goes, "What?" I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, "At least he's somebody that can that can rock one can that can walk a that can rock a one name, yeah, a one word name, yeah." And uh, and the crowd goes wild again, mm-hmm. and then Brandy comes out from the back, and she just goes off on her. Yeah, this like, is really good promo like, from Brandy. It's one of her better ones for sure. <laughs> And she comes out, she confronts her. She just essentially tells her, never step up to my man like that again. You don't talk to him like that. You don't talk to me like that. This is our ring, which is still a little heelish for them, mm-hmm. which I kind of like. And you know, Shaq's not going to come out and be a heel. So yeah. they're kind of positioning Cody and Brandy as the heels here by default. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jade has been on the face side. That doesn't necessarily mean anything because sometimes they move around after they debut. Mm-hmm. But it, this was, I thought this was, it was a little stiff. Her her um, her promo Delivery. was is a is a little stiff, but she really nailed the lines that mm-hmm. she had to, like the one liners and the ones that got the pops. She really leaned into those. And she had a lot of swagger when she gave them. She really, oh yeah, she, she has a presence. She came off, yeah, she came off like a star. Like she looks like a star. She looks great. She's a she's a bodybuilder essentially. Mm-hmm. She was a like an Instagram model bodybuilder, yeah. and she's got abs for days. Like, <laughs> she's out there. Flexing. Looks like boulder. Yeah, looks like boulders are in her stomach. Or something. Yeah, she calls herself uh, Jade Cargill, the total package, mm-hmm. which. Uh, it's good. You know that they're going to use her. She's actually just confirmed to be signed by AEW. Yeah, that. So that's really exciting. Um, and then while after Jerry Lynn came out to break them up, uh, Cage came out from behind and attacked uh, attacked Cody, power bombs him. Ricky Starks comes out. They're beating down Cody. Then um, Darby Allen comes out of the crowd. He attacks him. He hits him with the tacks that are on his jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think, he does like a, a coffin drop onto a standing uh, Starks with his with his jacket, and then they they start to leave. And then Will Hobbs comes out, swings the chair around. He but he can, he comes out late, and he's actually come out late a couple times. So that's an interesting development oh, to, could it to be think about. A swerve. Like, yeah, he he hasn't actually touched anybody. Mm-hmm. In any of these, he just hits things with his chair, mm-hmm. but he doesn't actually touch them. So I don't know what the what the deal is there. And it's not two versus two; it's three versus two. So yeah. that's Who's interesting. Who's the third man for Team Taz? But yeah, so they then they they announced a match for next week. It is Cody and Allen versus Cage and Starks. No. No Will Hobbs there, so we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my my takeaway from this is Jay Cargill. If she can work, she's going to be an absolute star in the company. Yeah, if I she know can... on her Instagram she has videos of her like doing like run the rope drills and like headlock takedown drills and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, obviously she's been training. But... Yeah, they've they've clearly been training her and keeping mm-hmm. her under wraps for a while. And but the way they debuted her. Because I can tell you for a fact, because I am on the uh, the AW subreddit. Um, mm-hmm. Ever since she's been in the crowd, and it, 
She's been there for, I think, over a month at this point. Every week, there's more and more people asking, who is this person? Who is this person? Every week, there was posts. <laughs> who is this person? She looks amazing. She looks amazing. And then when she showed up behind Cody, I popped. And I didn't, I've never seen her work before. I yeah. don't know if she's ever had a professional wrestling match in her life. Yeah. But I, I saw who it was. was else like, oh, it's the storm girl from Instagram. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. She's, she, she looks like Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. She could be their Charlotte Flair if she can work. Obviously she might not have the talent of Charlotte Flair, but she looks like she has that presence. Mm-hmm. And especially if she gets more comfortable with her mic skills, I, th- I think she will. This was the first promo she's ever done. I'm genuinely excited for this, and they've positioned somebody in a star-making role. I think we're going to see her in Shaq versus Brandy and, and Cody. Oh, yeah. And I think the person to go over in that match is going to be Jade. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm very excited for that match. I'm, uh, I can't wait because mm-hmm. it's a... It's a it's a big moment for the women's division. They need yeah. another star, and clearly they see her as a star. And a star she looks that, like a star. And a star that she does. <laughs> <laughs> she does. I don't even know if she can work. And I, I'm just, she looks incredible. Okay, then it goes to a Moxley promo. And again, with the audio issues, I swear to God, it's the echoing again. <laughs> the echo. I don't know why they don't know how to do this. Just plug it into the feed from the camera or stop using the feed from the camera so that, I don't know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, they do it, sometimes they don't. I wonder if they're trying to get like crowd reaction to his promo. That was, that's my only thinking for it, but like the crowd's quiet at that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the when I watched it on TV, I could not make out what he was saying. I just stopped paying attention, which is yeah. bad because this is your... Champ. This is your champion cutting a promo on the biggest star in the company, mm-hmm. leading into the biggest match that your company's ever had, and I can't yeah. hear him. I had to listen back to it today on my computer to figure out what he was saying, and I'll tell you what he was saying. <laughs> so uh, he says that uh, essentially Kenny's his biggest challenge yet. He said he's uh, he's beaten him once, and that. Uh, but beating him twice is something that's pretty special and he's pretty special mm-hmm. and that uh Kenny's the he said or he said that he's the greatest wrestler on the on the planet and uh or no he said that Kenny's the sorry he sort of puts them puts them both over he says uh Kenny's the greatest wrestler on the planet but if he can beat him that makes him yeah. that and uh he said Kenny might shut his lights off but uh but he's excited for the challenge. And I really like that Moxley, he always puts over his opponent by honestly saying, like, this guy could be the end of me. Mm-hmm. He did it with he did it with Archer. He's doing it with uh with Kenny. And I really like when he does that because it kind of raises stakes a little bit. Yeah. Especially for matches where with Archer, there's no way Archer was gonna beat him, but he sort of makes you believe that he will. Yeah. Whereas that's this this match with Kenny, champ. he's clearly going to beat him. Oh yeah, yeah. It's and then Kenny. Afterwards, they announced that uh, the match is going to be on December second on TV, not at Revolution. So that's interesting because it was a while, it was a long gap between yeah, Revolution it's and like three months. That's a long time to build. 
And some people have uh, speculated that, and this is very smart, that um, Wrestle Kingdom is between, is before Revolution. Mm -hmm. And Moxley is probably dropping that belt at Wrestle Kingdom. So ideally you would want him to drop the AEW title before he drops yeah. the uh, NJPW US title. Yeah, that's what, that's my thinking on it. Because December 2nd, and then he could go to Japan. Because I think once he gets to Japan, he'd have to quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So that he'd would be give him away enough for time. A while. He'd yeah. be away for a while. Yeah. That'd be enough time for him to get to Japan, wait two weeks, and then do some build towards Wrestle Kingdom on their shows. But what it probably also means is that at Revolution, best two out of three. Oh, yeah. So for I sure. think uh, I'm, I'm all for that, man. I'm all mm-hmm. for that. Oh yeah. Okay, so the okay, next and this match. is when my TV finally came back on. Yeah, this, this is when match, Brad so. came back, which was good because Brad is a Brad is a big fan of the Butcher. Oh yes, definitely. I wish I looked like him. He's the guitar player for my favorite band. I I love him, and a very nice man. Brad and I yes. have both met Andy Williams. Yes, he looks terrifying, but Multiple he's actually like the, one of the nicest people I've ever met. <laughs> very nice, very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Yeah. Okay, so the bunkhouse match between Butcher and the Blade and Nightmare Family. This was a really fun match. It was um, a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the build going into this match was a little herky-jerky. Didn't really make a lot of sense, mostly because of COVID, just mm-hmm. butchering it before yeah. they could really get into the story. And then just picking it back up right away, just with like little attacks in the back. Yeah. But uh, the match was great, and it, it was a callback to the old NWA WCW days, which yeah. was fun. That was the bunkhouse stampede. They're not allowed to use that. I think that was more of a battle royal, but everyone could bring in weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, they also did one. It was uh, wasn't there one that like it was on like a back of a moving truck with dust. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was one in the. They got in trouble because that's the. When Dustin got fired from NW or his WCW at the time, he got fired, and that's when he went to WWF to become Gold Dust because they bladed during the match and they weren't supposed to, but they wanted to, you know, add some color to make the match more. And then he got fired after that, and that's why he went to WWF. I'm pretty sure it was a hmm. bunkhouse something, but they're in the back of a moving semi truck. Oh, interesting. Maybe that yeah. was a, maybe that was a uh, evolution of it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I think it was. It was a battle royal. Everyone mm-hmm. would come out in their civilian clothes, and yeah. each each team would bring their own weapons to the yeah. ring. So this was, but WWE owns the bunkhouse stampede, so yeah. that's why uh, AEW can't do that. But they did the bunkhouse match, which which is essentially just a hardcore match. But they were able to uh, with hay bales everywhere. Yeah, they were able to just um just big up the theme. Yeah. Of uh, it being like at, at like a roadhouse <laughs> with like uh, with hay bales and cowboy boots, and you come in in your civilian clothes, and yeah. it's all western themed, and it was really fun and yeah. super violent. Uh, Far really more violent, vi- <laughs> a lot more violent than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, especially with the guys who were in it, like <laughs> Dustin. Du- that's not really Dustin's game anymore. He used to yeah. be in crazy bunkhouse matches in the past, mm-hmm. um, but. QT Marshall? I didn't know he had this in him. Yeah. And he he was honestly was he earned a lot of respect from me in this match. Yeah. Not necessarily for taking crazy bumps, but like 
he put on a good match and he had some mm-hmm. really cool spots. Yeah. Yeah. So the butcher took a lot of big, crazy bumps in this match too. He did. It, he started off the match by taking, uh, I can't remember the name of his finisher, but, but by taking Dustin's finisher yeah, right on the chair, <laughs> right on a chair. And I was like, and he was out of the match for like five minutes after that <laughs> point, just lying on the ground. And the, he just completely destroyed the chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just flattened. And then um, Dustin got handcuffed to the to the ring post at one point, and they just worked over QT. And this mm-hmm. is where he starts to uh, to get some of my respect because he took a guitar shot right to the head, yeah. got busted wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, he he got scissors raked across his face by the bunny, which looked nasty. Um, yeah. At Brr. one point, he. Uh, then Dustin got loose, but then at, at another point he does this huge elbow drop off the top of a ladder. That's like the a ladder 12, was, yeah, it's like a so twelve big. foot ladder. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible, and he had this. He has this. Uh, he did this other spot. Where it was almost like a like a Mortal Kombat scorpion get over here with a chain mm-hmm. from the butcher. He threw it around his neck, pulled him in into a diamond cutter. Yeah, I was like, that was awesome. holy shit, QT. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he put in some work, and the blade. Oh my goodness, he saw QT get some color, and yeah, then the blade went out and just gigged the hell out of his head. Yeah, because he, he come, lived up to the he got the hit blade. with the ladder, and then they cut <laughs> back to him. His full face and neck was red, yeah. and his pants were getting dyed red as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll give credit to whoever put this match together. They had all the guys dressed in white for this match yeah so the blood so the blood was all over the white and it looked mm-hmm. really really cool but like the blade was way up on the muda scale on this <laughs> like one 4.75 on the muda scale if people if people don't know what the muda scale is that's a a scale of uh, like really bloody mm-hmm. matches and that's from a match way back in the day where the great muda got uh got cut i think it was with like a a, like a sigh or like a yeah a pick I don't remember what it was or but something it was like but really yeah bad. it was uh it was super bloody and that's not really something that he's known for <laughs> but ever since then it's the Muda scale so Dustin's yeah. been on that with his match with Cody a year ago yeah. and then the blades on it to let last night good gravy that yeah. was a that was a lot of blood <laughs> yeah it was rough but it was a really fun match. No, it was it was brutal and it was fun. Like I didn't really care about the match going in, mm-hmm. but by the end of it, it was it was my favorite match of the night. Four stars. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we got to talk about too. Uh, the butcher taking that bulldog off the stage through oh. all that plywood. <laughs> yeah, he took a bulldog off the off the stage. Yeah, it was essentially into wood. <laughs> just <laughs> from, a big like wooden stage. I don't even know what it was. From dust, it just had hay and wood on it, and he just went right through. it. <laughs> Yeah, the it uh, the match ends with a with a cowbell shot to the head into mm-hmm. a diamond cutter. Yeah, it was a it was I w- ideally I would like uh, Butcher and the Blade to win this match because I'm such a big fan of them. Oh yeah, however, I to win this, every match, but this is the type of match that the baby faces win, yeah. and that's fine. This is just old school booking, and mm-hmm. and I'm cool with it because realistically, Butcher and Blade don't really need to win. No, 
they don't have to win. The only the only time where the that becomes a bit of a struggle is this is a company that is supposed to be based around rankings. So they're mm-hmm. always going to be low down on the rankings because they're the guys that the baby faces uh go over mm-hmm. and wins, but they make them all look great doing so. Okay, so the next was the MJF and Wardlow induction ceremony and I actually I didn't this is one of my my lesser favorite uh MJF bits. It was, it was kind of funny. It was uh yeah, it was one of the shorter ones. It was the, shorter, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. In this sense like the the jokes weren't really hitting for me this time. But yeah. it starts where Jericho comes out to a podium, a presidential podium, which is kind of funny after uh after the past week that we had last week. Yeah. And um he calls out the inner circle and Hager is out there, Santana and Ortiz are out there. Sammy is not. Um and Jericho's like, Where the hell's Sammy? I told him about this. He's out of the hospital now. All right, whatever. <laughs> and uh then they call out MJF and Wardlow. But I notice as uh as the inner circle's coming out, um Ortiz is still mad. Mm-hmm. Santana's yeah, he's happy. not having this at all. Santana's he, happy. Yeah. And um Jake Hager's kind of indifferent. Mm-hmm. So I think there there's something going on there with uh with the reactions of the the different members, especially Santana and Ortiz. I'm kind of thinking I don't really want them to, but they may be playing up a split there. I hope not. I hope They're not such a as good well. Tag team. I hope not. And they as haven't well. really got to show it yet, so I hope they don't break them up. I don't want them to start breaking up tag teams because they haven't used them enough. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get more into that later. But uh, then they call out MJF. He comes out and um, he's saying how happy he is that he's there and that he's joined the inner circle. And then he starts reading a poem. Which is just Drake lyrics. It's just Drake. <laughs> and, uh, and Ortiz calls him out. That's just Drake. Yeah, and he looks at Santana Ortiz. He's like, you guys will like this. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, you racist little jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, that that was, it was cute, but it was like, it was like okay. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a kind of cheap pops. This is yeah. cheap pops here. And then... Um, and then Jericho says, you know what? And and Ortiz calls him out. He's like, Jericho, why can't you see through this crap? And Jericho says, you know what? This I made this stipulation. I'm going to honor this stipulation. Mm-hmm. MJF and Wardlow are in the group. And with them in our group, like, look at them. We're going to be unstoppable. Yeah. And they are right. If they give them, like, a month or month and a half with this group, they're probably going to roll through a few teams. Oh, yeah. And uh, then MJF says, you know what? We're not just here to to celebrate us joining the Inner Circle. We're here to celebrate Chris Jericho's 50th birthday. And he, uh, he, and then confetti flies up in the air and balloons fall down. The balloons, but the balloons just... don't fall down. They just get blown like hard stage left yeah <laughs> they go flying out of the building just because apparently they were filming in a storm yeah there's a hurricane coming through that area right so now so. The, so the balloons go flying out and the uh, the inner circle guys they're all corpsing 
out mm-hmm. on the stage, like trying yeah. not to laugh. I think and, uh, Jr. said something like, "Well, that's another great plan that didn't pan out, or something." Like that. They're like, "What a great use of money!" Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was very funny. And <laughs> yeah, then uh, MJF breaks out tickets to Vegas. He's like, "We're all going to Vegas, baby!" And mm-hmm. They're excited. Even even Ortiz looks down and she's like, okay, or uh Vegas could be fun. And then mm-hmm. they take a photo of the of all of them, like uh sort of arm in arm, and you mm-hmm. can see uh Wardlow and Hager are in the background. They're like giving each other the side like, eye, yeah. Both giving each other the side eye. It's a it's a really cool photo if you look at mm-hmm. it. And also Ortiz looks pissed, Santana looks happy. Mm-hmm. So Again, I think I hope they're not going to break them up, but it's definitely going to be part of the story. Yeah, is uh, I have a feeling that by the end of it, Jericho, uh, Sammy, and Wardlow will be out of the inner circle, and they'll be feuding with the inner circle. With the inner circle being MJF, uh, Hager, and Santana and Ortiz, and maybe like a new person. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways they can go with this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. All right, next we have a Bucks interview. And this this one's, I mean, the interview itself is sort of whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, Alex Marvez. He knocks on the door, and he actually flinches when they open the door, which is kind of funny. Because yeah. last time he knocked on their door for an interview, he got like super kicked. super kick. So I enjoyed that. And then... Um, they come out and they uh, Marvez asks them like, "What's next for you guys?" And they're like, "Oh, you know what? We know people want to see an FTR rematch, and that will happen, but it's not going to happen yet." Um, they said, "We want to do some things that are fresh," and we actually uh, they said a few months ago, someone hit us up in our DMs. A team hit us up on our DMs and sent us a highlight reel of of some of their matches, and it was this team Top Flight. And we we looked at them. They're two young, high-flying brothers, much like us, and we want to give them a shot. And I'm just like, okay, this is sort of the uh, the private party, yeah, uh, story again. Episode. Yeah, but it's uh, I so we're gonna see Top Flight versus um versus the Bucks next week for the title, which is interesting. Um, I it's for the title. It is, I believe, it is. Um, you think they might do like a big upset and have Top Flight just win the titles? No, they they actually could. Yeah, especially could. if Matt's hurt, they could. <laughs> like they have been saying that Matt's fine, but like if they wanted to do pull a shock on people, they could. Do, mm-hmm. I don't think they will, but they could if they wanted to do something crazy. Because yeah. Top Flight's very good. They are, I actually really good. talked a lot about them two weeks ago when I did my solo podcast mm-hmm. um, that was their first match on dark. And I said, these guys are very good. I didn't think that AW was going to sign them because I didn't think they have room, mm-hmm. but it sounds like they reached out to the bucks. So maybe they wanted to join AEW. Yeah. So maybe that's how this is coming together. They haven't, as far as I know, they haven't announced that they've signed. But they Yuck. did just get their first win on Dark this past week, <laughs> which normally that's a sign that they're about to win imminently, or that <laughs> they're sorry that they're about to sign imminently. 
Yeah. And with this um, Bucks match was actually announced prematurely this past week. Like people thought the match was going to happen this week. And then yeah, it I remember was, you telling me that. And then it was pulled. And then when they announced it here, I was just like, okay, they clearly have plans for these guys. And Top mm-hmm. Flight's very good. Yeah. Honestly, they, they're this year at For the Culture, and they were really good at that show. For me, they are better than um, Private Party. They have more quickness, and they're a little cleaner mm-hmm. than Private Party. One thing that pri- with Private Party, I find them a little slow. Yeah. Like, they sort of jog from high spot move to high spot move. Yeah. Whereas they're these guys, these guys are snappy yeah. with with their moves. And, and even their match this week, they were so fast, they were waiting around for the other guys <laughs> to, <laughs> uh, to catch up to them, to get in position. Like, they're almost too good too, for dark. Too fast. They have to play. It's like uh, in sports where some some players perform better once they get up to the big leagues. Mm-hmm when they're playing at the same speed as everybody else. Whereas when they're, when they're in the minors, everyone's slow compared yeah. to them, but I'm excited for that match. It's going to be a banger at the very least. Oh yeah. It's going to be real good. Yeah. I'd actually thought a or WWE was going to sign them because they're very much a WWE style team. Yeah. WWE doesn't really like tag teams that much though. So. No, they don't. But like in the past, that's the type of team that they've liked, mm-hmm. and I thought that's where they would end up. But it yeah. doesn't seem to be the case, so I'm excited for that. So next match is was Spears versus Sky, and this was just a solid, hard-working match. Nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. Just a, just kind of a, a brawl between yeah, the two of them. Just a really solid, good match between good two good workers. I will say, though, that Sean Spears music does not fit him at all no. I, don't, I just noticed it this week and i know he's had it for a while but it yeah. just clicked i was like why does he have this music that doesn't fit his character or anything at all he kind of needs a he needs a repackaging mm-hmm. like i think if he is if they are going to do a uh, four horsemen and if he was going to be in it they need to get on that quick and yeah. start to be repackaging him like he needs to start having the aesthetic of FTR because that would suit him more yeah. than this weird sparkly gym bro yeah. guy that he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Something, it just doesn't work. Like the, the contacts he wears sometimes, the weird hood he has, the rap mm-hmm. music for his intro. Yeah, that's, it's just sparkly it shorts. Yeah, he doesn't look like a guy that would, Listen to rap and that's fine. I mean, I I listen to rap and I don't look like a guy that listen to rap, but it's like it just doesn't fit his character. It, no, it's it, weird. It, there's a lot of dissonance with mm-hmm. with his character. Like it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't flow. There's no flow to him. Yeah, his but his match is good. Yeah, um, this match was really good. He, I think he should probably be in a position to put people over more. As opposed yeah, to what they say his record was like fifteen and two or something like that. Like he's been doing it on dark, and so has yeah. Scorpio Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've both kind of fallen by the wayside, and they're both been forgettable, which is too bad because Scorpio Sky can go, and people wanted Scorpio Sky to get pushed, especially mm-hmm. after 
the match with Cody, some people wanted him to beat Cody for the title. Yeah. And then he kind of disappeared again, which is too bad. Yeah. I um, hope they use him more because I like Scorpio Sky a lot. He's, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that he's been around for a long time. He's not young. Yeah. Neither of these guys are young. Scorpio Sky is like 37 years old. Like, yeah. he's not going to be around that much longer. Mm-hmm. So he's almost 40. And then once you hit 40, not everyone can go at that point. Yeah. But yeah, that solid match. There was one really nasty bump where uh, Spears gave him like a sidewalk slam on the steel steps. steps, And the steps bent. Yeah, it was like on the edge of the steps too. Like that looked painful. It looked like they kind of missed a bit and the Mm -hmm. edge of the steps caught him right in the spine. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. If I was Scorpio Sky, I'd have been pissed. Like, why'd you step backwards like that? (laughs) And then Scorpio Sky put Spears in the Scorpion Deathlock, which I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, I appreciate they call that. it the Scorpio Deathlock. And then uh, Spears hit him with the slug for the three. I, I gave it a I three. Did... And a... Oh, cool. I gave it a three and a half out of uh, five. It was, it was, yeah, good. Right down the middle. That's good. But I did like the TV direction of the ending, mm-hmm. like where you see Tolly put the slug underneath the towel, and then he goes to the other side, and then you you see. Spears pick it up and then he throws a like a decoy one in mm-hmm. to distract Scorpio and he throws it out of the ring and then he eats it. I, I thought that was really good. No, the like, the match structure was was certainly very well put. Together. Mm-hmm. Like it was just and it was an inoffensive, well worked. Yeah, it's match. like a really good TV match. Like yeah, it was <laughs> it per, exactly. It's a really mm-hmm. good TV match. Not spectacular. It's not. It might not be something you think about after you watch it. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it kept it keeps your attention. It doesn't drag. It's, it's really a good, good TV feud, and we yeah. actually need more of those. We not yes, every feud needs to end in pay per view. Yeah, that's so, very true. I like that. So I'm sure it'll keep going with the way it ended. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. that's good for both of them to be in a feud. And like you said, I, I, I didn't think about it, but a, like TV feuds that don't necessarily lead to like giant pay per view endings, it, that's always good because you know you gotta yeah. have people watching TV every week. You need them. Because not ever, because the pay per views are already like four hours long as it is, like mm-hmm. nine matches long. <laughs> you can't fit yeah. any more on them. Okay, so next match or next not next not next match. We have uh, it's an interview with Kenny Omega. It's uh, well it it starts it's uh, dashes in the back and they said like I had an interview with Kenny but he left. Yeah, in between that match. Um, and then they're like, oh, Alex Marvez is chasing him down. So he's hustling after Kenny. Marvez put on his working boots last night. He was he catching did. everyone. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did a lot of work, which is good. That's his role now. <laughs> like He's good there. Um, yeah, so he chases down Kenny. And Kenny's on the phone. He's trying to catch a flight, which is kind of funny. Like, he really does not care about yeah. anything that's going on at AEW right now, <laughs> which uh, he does, but he's pretending that he doesn't. Yeah. And uh, he he's stops about Kenny, the and Kenny he's got to work focus on that. And Kenny says that uh, he's going to have to. He says, "I'm going to have to stop being an afterthought and step into the role of being the number one guy." Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "Taking the belt from Mox means that he's once again going to take the belt and become the face of wrestling." And he says, "Mox has taken that from him. Mm-hmm. He's taken the stardom. He's taken the fame." Um. And he said, he's, and he says, like, he knows he has to do that because he hears the chatter. He hears what everyone's saying that 
people are wondering where the cleaner is, where the best belt machine is, and where's the guy who tore down the Tokyo Dome multiple times. Yeah. And he says that, he says like, well, he's kind of proven through this, this past tournament that he never really left. He's just sort of buying his time. Yeah. And he's ready to reassume that role. And this is kind of funny because he wasn't buying his time. He got beat by Mox. Yeah. That's why he took this role. That's why he went in the tag route because mm-hmm. Mox beat him he, because yeah. he wasn't good enough. So he's pretending. That was his storyline at the beginning of AEW, right? Like he mm-hmm. couldn't win matches. Yeah. Exactly. The, from the very beginning, this is where you got to give AEW credit. They mm-hmm. start, like, uh, Kenny has a pinned tweet on his Twitter from, like, the the day after he lost that match to Moxley. Mm-hmm. Essentially saying, um, I'll be back to see you again, Moxley, and I'll be better, and I'll be ready. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been building this since before, like, since before AEW even, or since before Dynamite even started. Yeah. Since that, uh, what was it, Double or Nothing, where he, he yeah. got him on the chip? Yeah. Since that pay-per-view, they've been building this yeah. story two years out. Um, Long-term booking. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And, yeah. Uh, and he states that uh, he and Moxley, ha- he says, he and Moxley have never actually wrestled a real wrestling match. Yeah. One that actually counted. He says he looks at, he looks at his record, he's like, we're O and O against each other, Moxley. So, um, she's he's like, uh, she's like in a real wrestling match. I have your number. Yeah, and it's just like okay, Kenny. Yeah, <laughs> I like prick. that he said they're O and O because during the Moxley promo, he was saying that they're he's one and O. So mm-hmm. I just like that Kenny's like, we never fought each other. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what match? Prove yeah. it. Prove it. And of course, they've released DVDs, so you could just show them the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's videos of it set to Disturbed on YouTube as well. You probably find. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, I thought that was a really good promo. It just shows mm-hmm. uh, shows how much he really, really cares. Yeah, but he's trying to mask it in being cavalier, yeah. and that he doesn't care. He's just like, oh, whatever. And I think it's. I think it's perfect. It's so funny. Yeah, Kenny's a, uh, it's, I see some people online saying they don't like his promo style, but I think he's like a really underrated promo. I love his promo style. I like his promo style sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's incredible. This is one of those times. He's yeah. really good in interviews, and I find not as good in in-ring style promos. <laughs> like when he's doing his promo in the ring with his over-the-top character, I yeah. like it a little less. When he's doing his uh, arrogant interviews, I <laughs> think it's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so the next one we had Conte versus Take Conte versus Red Velvet, and this was a this was a good uh, women's match. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't the best work in the world because they're both very raw. Yeah. Like super talented. Like very talented tons of potential but they're still quite raw yeah even though they have some nice moves like they have casadoras and like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and, yeah i think just with a few more reps both mm-hmm. of these women are gonna absolutely be and the to thing is, watch out for in the future they need more time 
Like in mm-hmm. Dark, there's only two women's matches. On on AW, there's only one. Like you can't even give them time on Dark. Come on. Yeah. Like clearly, these ladies have talent. You got to yeah. give them more reps so that they get more comfortable with each other. Yeah, and I like I like Ty Conti's like moveset because she uses her judo and jujitsu and stuff. Yeah, the the jujitsu is amazing, and mm-hmm. that's where. You see flashes of oh she's a diamond in the rough she's an mm-hmm. absolute star and thank God they signed her like because I agree I think she's going to be great mm-hmm. but uh, I like yeah. Red Velvet a lot too I, I feel the same like I think she just needs more time and she because she can sell like she's like she's really she's good at inc- selling she's an incredible bumper mm-hmm. she's the Joey Janela of the women's division yeah she for can sure. bump like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. When Tay Conti hit her with her finisher, her finisher, which is the gory special, that was that a knee, cool finisher, man. It's <laughs> really, really cool. really cool. And I think Tay Conti also has like a boss man slam mm-hmm. that she does, which is yeah, it's awesome. Like you see these moves, you're like, these are hard moves to pull off. These yeah. are super super technical moves, which with reps will look all that much smoother. Mm-hmm. And the story for this one was interesting. There was Anna J. Um. Yeah, out at the ring, uh, at the side of the ring with with uh, Tay Conte. That's from when Anna J offered her the contract. Yeah, to uh, they were in the what was that tag tournament called? The uh, women's tag tournament. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, it had like a like a like a casino type name to it as well. I can't remember, but it did. Yeah, tag. no, that that was a good tournament. It's too bad mm-hmm. that uh, there were so many great unsigned talents there and none of them have signed aside from Tay Conte but yeah Tay and Anna were Tay and Anna were a tag team in that and they spun this story off of that Mm -hmm. and um so what happens is uh Anna Jay is trying is she's encouraging Tay Conte to be aggressive to cheat she throws a chair into the ring for her to use at one point while the ref is distracted and she ends up kicking it back, and Red Velvet ends up getting a, a very close near fall as a result. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just before Tay Conte hits the gory special to into the knee to to win the match. And then Anna Jay comes in. She she hoists her hand up in victory, but she's disappointed with her. Yeah, they're and you can see the looks. inner circle was lurking in the tunnel yeah. in the back. I only caught Being that sneaky. when mm-hmm. I watched it the second time when I was doing my notes. Um, but I, it's interesting. I don't think, uh, Tay Conti is going to join. I think we're going to end up with a Tay Conti Anna J feud. And yeah, I think so too. I think they need, they need to get to that quickly because we yeah. need more feuds mm-hmm. in this company. Yeah. We've talked about it a couple weeks now. We need more women's division well, feuds every, so. every week. This is yeah. where the, the Jay Cargill thing is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy. I am excited to see more than one feud happening mm-hmm. each week. It was. I'm surprised they didn't have Sheeta on at all, like an interview or anything yeah. this week. I was just about to say that. I was disappointed in the lack of Sheeta. They had every other champion mm-hmm. on this episode. That's why. That's why it's weird. Like you could have her backstage doing something. Yeah, you got to do something, man. You got to do something. It's weird at this point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It makes. It makes you make up. Uh, your own reasons as to why yeah they're doing this and that's not good because none of none of the reasons you can think of are good mm-hmm. yeah 
Okay, and like Britt Baker. Where's Britt Baker? Yeah, I haven't seen her. She hasn't been on. She was at the games thing, and then I haven't really seen her on TV in a couple of weeks. So yeah, it's just uh, disappointing because you would think yeah. that they're gonna put the belt on her quick. But mm-hmm. all right, I assume we're gonna see her next week and Sheeta next week, hopefully. If you guys hear a lot of loud banging, I apologize. My son is out in the living room by himself because my wife's not here, so I don't know what he's doing. I told him to watch TV, but I think he might be running up and down the halls or something. So if you hear banging on my end, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I can't hear it on my end, so (laughs) you're probably fine. Okay, the next next segment was a a short inner circle interview. Um, And... uh, this this was this one was kind of funny. It's they're in the back. They're kind of it's Chris Jericho and MJF. They're celebrating that they're going to Vegas. They're like, "Yeah, we're going to Vegas. We're going to Vegas." And uh, then <laughs> Sammy walks in, and he and they're like, "Sammy, where the hell were you?" And he's like, yeah. "I was at the beach." I'm like, why were you at the beach? He's like, "Cause MJF sent me an email and told email. me to go to the beach." And MJF says, "I sent you two emails: one to go to the beach, and then one to come here." <laughs> and he's like and Sammy gets all up in his face and everybody else leaves and he's like he's like Sammy I sent you two emails and here is your ticket and he gives him his ticket he's like we're going to go to Las Vegas we're going to have a good time yeah. and then um he leaves and Sammy's just like there was only one email but yeah I think that they're uh MJF is trying to drive a wedge between Sammy and the rest of the group. That's oh, what yeah. I see here, which is fun. For sure. And I guarantee it, Sammy's ticket is not a first-class ticket. <laughs> I saw um, I saw that uh, What Culture had said that it would be funny if they, if they go to Las Vegas, but because it's locked down, they all have to just go into quarantine, and they can't <laughs> do anything fun, and then they have to come back. That'd be really funny if they did that, actually. I hope that's what they do. But next week is going to be Inner Circle in Las Vegas, so mm-hmm. that'll be fun. That'll I'm be sure funny. It'll be, f- it'll really be funny more zany Inner Circle stuff, and then hopefully they can run over a few teams. Because mm-hmm. you have to think with Wardlow, I, what I really want is for them to be in like a big multi-man tag match, and Wardlow and Hager are both on the same team. But they're doing the Legolas and Gimli thing, trying mm-hmm. to one up each other. Yeah, like that'd be really one cool. guy hits a spine buster on a guy, and then looks over at the other guy and like tags him in, and then he's like, <laughs> "Fine, well, I'll do this," and they yeah, just keep trying to one up each other the whole match. Buster. That's what I hope happens. Is but they do it silently, like they won't, <laughs> they won't say anything. Yeah, they're just. Uh, I think, I think that'll be very very funny. Okay, and okay, so how are we? This next match was the way oh, that man. they framed this match with with the uh, with the commentary was incredible. This was the Lucha Bros match, so it was they ran back uh, Pentagon versus Phoenix. So first, uh, Eddie Kingston comes out and he cuts a promo, and the fans start chanting his name and he immediately shuts name. them down. Yeah. Squashing the cheering very much like Chris Jericho. He goes, he goes like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I know my name. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, perfect. And he says, uh, he says, what you guys are going to watch here is my best friend and his brother are going to fight. They're the two best luchadors in the world. 
you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> He's, and then he, and then he sits down at commentary and um and the first thing that they like this match was almost focused on the commentary is just as interesting as what was happening yeah. in the ring because on commentary Tony uh Tony Schiavone was yeah, was going Tony after and uh Kingston were going to fight each other. Yeah, well Kingston threatened to hit Tony at one point. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Tony starts going after Kingston saying what you're doing to these brothers, to this family, to this team is horrific. He's like, why? He's like, why? Why are you doing this to these guys? Um, why are you breaking them up? And he's like, he's like, I'm not breaking them up. They did it to themselves. Yeah. He's, he's like, this was happening before I got here. Mm-hmm. And then he starts challenging uh, Excalibur at one point, like telling him he's doing a bad job. And they're all just fighting amongst themselves on commentary with Kingston yeah. because he's been tearing apart the Lucha Bros and within the match like this match was not the super cool um flashy technical flashy match from the week before this was just a fight yeah this was this was a this was a blood feud match Mm -hmm. like um they were just there was this was like fdr no flips just kicks yeah or no flips just fists like it was it was brutal and then at one point uh pentagon starts ripping away the mask of phoenix which in luchador culture in mexico is a huge no-no yeah like when uh when the mask is taken off a luchador it's they're hugely dishonored yeah and in mexico if you take a luchador's mask off it's a disqualification disqualification. so he's ripping the mask off and kingston's going i love it i love it on commentary and and this where this is where Excalibur starts freaking out because he's trained as a luchador. He's wearing a mask himself, mm-hmm. so he's like, "Eddie, what the hell are you doing?" How, like he start. This is where he starts going after Eddie. He's like, "How?" He's like, "He's like the tradition that these guys have. You are butchering their tradition." He's like, "We're not in Mexico to, or to happen." <laughs> like, and then they're they're fighting more and more. And in commercial break, I watched the fight. Uh, the recorded commentary within the commercial on Fight TV. And I swear to God, Tony and Excalibur sounded like they were going to jump Eddie Kingston. And Eddie Kingston's just firing back at them, telling them to do their job, telling them their shit at their job. Like it was like, it was almost uncomfortable. And I was mm-hmm. focusing more on commentary than I was on the match. And in the match, these guys are just still brutalizing each other. And Phoenix starts ripping at at uh, Pentagon's mac- mask yeah, as well, pulling it apart. And then this time, Eddie's yelling, oh, disqualify him, disqualify yeah. him. That's enough, stop him. He's like, he's ripping my best friend's mask. He's ripping yeah. my best friend's mask. And at one point, Eddie even said, like they asked Eddie about, like, um, about Pentagon taking phoenix's spot in the tournament he's like he's like well yeah i told phoenix he's like he was hurt so i told him he should he had a neck injury and he shouldn't compete further and i honestly thought my best friend was had a better chance of penta had a better chance of winning against kenny so Mm -hmm. that and that's my honest opinion and at this point i'm just like wait did they work us 
with that injury in that match to start this angle. Oh, probably. Of, of him putting Penta over Phoenix. Or is mm-hmm. this just them pivoting masterfully? Because near the end of the match, um, Penta wins this match by hitting three straight, or I think it was even four straight uh, pile drive type moves on, like it definitely three straight pile drivers, but four straight neck and head moves mm-hmm. on Phoenix. One of them was a package pile driver on the on the apron. On the apron. And that looked and so gnarly. I swear to God, that's I thought Phoenix was dead. Yeah, <laughs> and even Kingston's uh, reaction—he's just like he's like, "Oh, guys, actually, now it is too far." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then he has another Canadian destroyer on the outside. He's just like, "Okay, yeah. guys, you gotta stop the match, stop the match," <laughs> and then he takes him back in and hits him with another package pile driver. So I'm like, "Okay, he's targeting the head and neck," mm-hmm. after Kingston told him to forfeit because of the For head and neck. neck. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I think we might have been worked this whole time because Phoenix did not look hurt last week. And Phoenix did not look hurt in the promos that they cut Mm -hmm. where Pentagon took his spot. I think we might have been worked. They could have. They could have been doing this for a while because he's been calling Pinta his best friend for almost a month now. So it could be. Well, Kingston said that that's real. Like uh, wow. in interviews with Jericho, he's just like he's like, oh yeah, Penta's my actual best friend, and I always joke when I see him, just like, hey Penta, my best friend, and he always goes, what about my brother? And I'm like, ah, oh, he's cool. <laughs> like that's their real banter. So they've mm-hmm. actually taken this, their real life, and fused it into the story. That's what always works best too. And uh, yeah, so then after the. When the match wins, uh, or when the match ends, Kingston comes out. He's he's like, oh, my best friend, you did it, you did it. What a great job. And then he looks <laughs> at uh, Phoenix, who's lying on the ground. He goes like, oh, yeah, you too. Good job. And he, he like, literally kicks, him out, kicks him out of the ring and rolls yeah. him out. And then the fans start booing Eddie Kingston. <laughs> and uh, he's like, ah, give a hand for my best friend here. And then Pax music hits. Yes, and I flipped out. I was like, finally. He's Tony back. Khan had been hinting at something big was coming at the end of this, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny because I think everyone thought Pac was coming because yeah. he had the promo at the go home. But mm-hmm. yeah, so he shows up and he uh, he's he's got a mic. He says like, he's like, Eddie, did you think I'd be gone forever? Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh boy, you screwed up. And yeah, then the whole he time Kingston's just cup in his ear listening like <laughs> and then he charges the ring and he he's going after kingston kingston's hiding behind the security and yeah all the refs come out and stuff and then immediately like a little too quickly they say like tony khan has booked pack for against uh against the blade next week one of kingston's family so like okay pack's just gonna go one through after the, the other after mm-hmm. the other going through the kingston's family and then I feel like he's probably going to side with Phoenix at some point, or yeah, I, or he's going to mend the fences between Pentagon and Phoenix, and then bring back Death Triangle, and they're going to have the three on three. That'd be between really cool. uh, Pack and Death between Death Triangle and Kingston and the rest of his family. Yeah, that could be fun. It'd be kind of sad though because Ray Phoenix and um, the Butcher on Twitter 
they always call each, each like Ray calls uh, the butcher his uncle and stuff. It's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, did you see uh, Butcher's Instagram hand or his Instagram na- name today changed to Bunkhouse Butch? No, oh, <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, so this match, like coupled with the bizarre uh, commentary fight that was going on the whole time, mm-hmm. like to the point where Kingston threatened to smack. She he threatened to smack Tony. Yeah, and an Excalibur. He was he was trying to do uh, do the plugs for like AW uh, shop aw dot com, and he was getting flustered. He's just he's mm-hmm. like, I can't because he keeps throwing me off my game. And yeah. Kingston's just like, Oh, you can't do your job because I'm here. You can't do your job. <laughs> like, uh, I think Kingston's whole story now is just since he didn't win the title, he's just taking everything down with him. Yeah, it was just it was really cool. I've never mm-hmm. seen the the uh the relationship between the commentary and the uh and the match like that. It was it was phenomenal. It really raised the tension of the match. Yeah. And I give it five stars as a result. Oh yeah. For Even sure. though the match a hundred percent was not as good as their first match. No. But it was very different. The yeah, tension different. the tension was so different and the mask ripping, knowing mm-hmm. how important masks are to luchadors, it was like it was more important than any than any move they could be doing to each other. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, they were like both holding on to each other's mask while they were punching each other mm-hmm. and stuff. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's get into uh, what are we looking forward to next week? And uh, so we'll just I guess we'll run down the card. Um, mm-hmm. For me, Top Flight versus Bucks looks that's going to be awesome. It's going to oh, yeah. highlight Top Flight for people who haven't seen them. They've been killing it on the indies. They're so young. And, excuse me, they were on Dark this past week. And their jumping their jumping ability, their mm-hmm. verticals are incredible. <laughs> they, they're legit. They're legit talent. And I think uh, if AEW can get them signed, like they don't have room for them. But they do need fresh bodies in the division because yeah. everybody's kind of faced each other at this point. Mm-hmm. With the exception of uh, Proud and Powerful, they kind of have to get a push. But yeah. these guys can offer something new. So I'm excited about that. The, that'll be really good. No, yeah. Then we have Pack versus Blade. This is going to be. Blade's an incredible worker. I yeah, really, he's really good. I really, really like Blade. He's like 47 mm-hmm. years old. Is he really? <laughs> yeah, he's really, he's really old. Oh, I did not know that. He doesn't look it. Yeah, he's he's uh he's not a young man. Uh maybe he's not quite that old, but he's in his forties for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, he and Pac are gonna have a fantastic match. Um I can't wait. Pac is mm-hmm. we've been missing Pac. He's oh, he's time. a top three talent in the company. Oh yeah. If not top two. If yeah. not top and he looks <laughs> incredible. Like he's in incredible shape right now. Yeah, I don't know how that man can keep getting bigger. Yeah. <laughs> He's terrifying. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, then Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian. They announced that match during this show. Ah, okay. It'll I'm be not, a fun comedy match. I'm mm-hmm. not a fan of Kip, but mm-hmm. I like his character. I don't love his ring work. Yeah. But I like I like Cassidy. The, yeah, comedy match and... Uh, Miro will probably come out there at some point and just yeet Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> just right into the crowd. Mm-hmm. 
And then we got Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen and Cody. And this will be good. This yeah. will be very good. Lots of good story going into it, and it'll, probably even more story coming out of it. Yeah. I'm interested to see if we get any more of this uh, Shaq, Jade Cargo oh, sure. stuff. I could see her watching in the crowd or something. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I, I I wonder if like the timing of the run in this time will mean that maybe she ends up with them at some point. She could kind of fit in with that group if they needed a big killer lady. <laughs> That'd be cool if Shaq was on Team Taz. <laughs> <laughs> Although I still feel like they're gonna position them as faces because Shaq's gonna be a face. He's not gonna be oh, a yeah. Hero, so yeah, no one's who's gonna boo Shaq? I mean he's Shaq. No, no one can boo Shaq. He's okay. part owner of Papa John. You can't boo him. <laughs> yeah, so that's I mean, I'm just excited for new stories, man. I love it's like Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. You it's like a, this match wasn't a blow away, or this match, this uh, episode wasn't a blow away episode, but it was just, it's just enjoyable. It's just breezy. Yeah, really solid episode of wrestling. Yeah, just not bogged down by anything, and I like, mm-hmm. I really liked that. And just, I do like that Cody hinted at facing MJF to get back into the title picture, like yeah. to to get back his uh his title contention card and uh yeah i think that that's a nice little nod at uh some long-term booking there yeah probably once he's in the inner circle probably the leader of the inner circle at a certain point yeah that they won't have a match for a while because there's now they got each one of them has two big stories that'll probably take a while to oh yeah it'll be months down the line but Mm -hmm. it's nice that they hinted at that so that's yeah that's the way they're going to do it okay so now to some more questions. We have a question from Richard Whitaker, and he said, "What other indie stars would you would you like to be brought in to challenge for the TNT title?" And well, off the bat, I know I know who you br- who you would bring in, mm-hmm. and it's the same two people that I would bring in right away. Yes, Chris Dickinson and AJ Gray. Yes, those are the top two that they should be signed to AEW, and but immediately they should definitely be brought. Yeah, they should definitely be brought in for the. The title. If you've never seen AJ Gray wrestle, he is incredible to watch. It's I can't even really my you words can't, just, can't do it justice. Can't describe, he's he got the best lariat in uh yeah. in wrestling. And Chris Dickinson has the best body in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the best uh the best nicknames and the best dick strings. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, they're they're, the, they're just great workers and um friends of Eddie Kingston and mm-hmm. friends of John Moxley. And fr- well, I don't know if AJ Gray is, but I know Chris Dickinson faced John Moxley at Bloodsport mm-hmm. at a fantastic match, and yeah. Moxley was very supportive of Dickinson after that. And Dickinson's faced everybody, man. He's he's too good for the Indies at this point now. Yeah, I'm he, really surprised no one signed him. Like I don't Ring know. Honor, I don't know what it is. Anyone. I don't know why nobody's signed him. He. It's an absolute workhorse. He's huge. Mm-hmm. He can talk. He's funny. Yeah. He's he been to Japan. Drums. He's been trained. Yeah. He got trained a little bit by Antonio Noki in Japan for a bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's well traveled. Well, he's he's essential. He's another Eddie Kingston. Yeah. 
He's a more athletic Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. And AJ Gray, AJ Gray is a little more, uh, he'd be a little tougher pill to swallow because he's, he's a free spirit. Yeah. He's very outspoken. Yeah, he's but... very outspoken. He says what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. He's and... very funny though. I love it. Yeah. Gray he's so funny. Much. He, he's a very funny Twitter follow, mm-hmm. especially he's... late at night. He's yeah. a late <laughs> night Twitter follow. Yeah. It's yeah. like, he's like Twitter. If after you know dark. what that means, you know what that means. Then, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but, there's, yeah he's, uh, he's really good in the ring though. He's, very good at strong style. He used to do a lot of high flying. He doesn't so much anymore. He does a lot more strong style stuff. But like you're saying, he's got like the best lariat. Yeah, probably lariat the Shingo Takage in Japan. But yeah, he's looks like it's, it's coming from the heavens. Yeah, and it and sounds he's, like and a he's not a tall man, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So another guy who I really like would be uh, Jake Something. Is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's got a terrible name. But his ring work is good, and he's a big boy, and I think he's fantastic. And two other guys, I always, I always tag them when people talk about them on, uh, when they talk about who they want people to face for the TNT champion. Two Aussie guys, actually, I'll say three Aussies. Um, one's Mick Moretti. Mm-hmm. He was he works in Australia. Well, all three of these people will. Um, He's very funny. He's been in Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Um, he's the Rapscallion. He's an incredible worker. I saw him turn a what was it? A shooting star press into. I showed you this. He reversed it into a into a DDT at some point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, He's super talented, and he's he's sort of like you almost have to describe. He's like the Loki of yeah. uh, of wrestling. He's very very tricky. He's all about like herky jerky body movements and trying to like throw off the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like very acrobatic. He's he's uh yeah he's he's a little like uh he tries to lull people into a false sense of security and frustrate them like sort of like Orange Cassidy but more with uh with frustrating them as opposed to making them think that they that he has no talent. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend people look him up. The other person is Caveman Ugg. Oh, he's awesome. I love Caveman Ugg. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he's also worked at Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Um, he's a big, uh, one of those big guys who can do athletic um, moves, people half his size. Um, I don't know if he can talk, but he doesn't have to talk because he's a caveman. Yeah. And um, I've I've seen him, uh, who's that guy who's in NXT, really big guy? Um he changed his name. Jonah Rock. Uh, Jonah Rock, yeah. Came in. He's Bronson Reed now. He's Bronson Reed now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've seen him lift up Bronson Reed into like a into a TKO before. And it was, yeah. it's just, it shouldn't be possible. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, he's got freakish strength and he's fantastic. And he's kind of, he's, his gimmick is a little bit of a throwback as well. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And the next person would be Shazza McKenzie. Also, Another uh, Aussie female wrestler. She's actually wrestled for AEW. She was she's wrestled a, a match against Nyla Rose. It, I think it was a 
it was one of those handicap matches where Nyla Rose crushed two mm-hmm. uh, indie wrestlers. So poor Shaza. But she yeah. was also in the uh, first female um, casino battle royale. And uh, so yeah. she is on AEW's radar to an extent. I guess she's stuck in Australia right now, but she watches AEW every week. She tweets about it every week. She's She wants to wrestle for AEW, and she can work. Um, they need more people like that. Mm-hmm. So those are those are my five. <laughs> uh, I don't have five. I have one more. Yes, and it's a uh, Calvin Tankman. Oh, I would just yes, just love to see him on a national TV. I think he signed to MLW, but they have people who, show up. Who knows? But he's just yeah, a I big don't... dude that throws his weight around in the ring. He's awesome. Yeah, he he's, he reminds me of uh, of Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. He's fantastic. I I am a big Calvin Tankman fan. Yeah, and. I'll say as well, uh, Mancer, Mance Warner. Yeah, I'd love to see Mance Warner in in there, especially he has, um, he has a former fe- or a previous feud with MJF when he was in when they were both in MLW. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good character. He wouldn't be able to use his music, which is Leonard Skinnerd, but it's really yeah. good. It gets the crowd going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he'd be a guy I think would work really well. Yeah, especially I, I think he would get along with Cody in a funny way as well. Both being Southern guys, but one being like the Southern hillbilly, yeah, and the Cody hillbilly being type guy. this uh, the moneyed Southern man. Yeah, that uh, I think it would be it would be pretty funny. Yeah, and he'd actually he'd be a fun, interesting guy to put into a four horseman. Yeah, uh, that'd actually be really good. Like the the wild redneck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those those would be my guys, and I have I have to look on uh, on my Reddit because there were I posted some uh, an inquiry for questions there. One is uh, is there a lack of main event tag teams in AEW? Um, no, no, not at all. No, I think they are, that's like they have an overabundance of that. I think the problem is they have too many main event tag teams. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't say that at all. I think the problem that you have is you see tag teams that should be top tier and they're eating losses left, right, and center because Mm -hmm. everybody is, everybody's top tier talent and not everybody can get pushed at once. So you have teams like TH2, which have been. Would, who have been stars in Mexico and in uh, Lucha Underground, only picking up wins on Dark. You have Proud and Powerful, yeah. who only pick up wins on Dark and are eating losses. You have Butcher and the Blade, who Butcher are eating Blade. losses. Jurassic Express. Jurassic, Jurassic Express, who you know, when it's their time, will be champions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think a lot of these teams will have their time in the sun but it's not there yet. And I get part of that is due to the long-term storytelling of AW. They yeah. know who their champions, who their main champions are. They haven't mapped out for at least a year and a half ahead mm-hmm. of time. So um, whether or not you get a shot at those titles, who knows? 
But no, I absolutely don't think yeah, that's they the, have that's too many. AEW's strongest division is their tag team division. Yeah, they, they I honestly they don't have enough lower card teams. And I think mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing um guys like the acclaimed get signed. Um why you're seeing top flight, they'll start as a lower card team. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, they need more legit low card guys for the mid and upper card guys to beat. Yeah. So that you don't have Lucha Bros sitting there with a sub five hundred level with record. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Okay, do, here's another one. Does the lack of uh rule enforcement by refs hurt the in ring product? Or has modern wrestling made it acceptable for entertainment value? And ex- examples being like the the no ten count or the uh interference out outside the ring. And this is an inter this is an interesting question because I think a lot of these elements that they've brought into AEW have their roots in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Like the ten count in New Japan, or at least on the outside, they don't have a ten count, they have a twenty count. Twenty count, yeah. Um they allow wrestlers to cheat depending on who the ref is. <laughs> and yeah, they, like shoes, they call that out a lot. Go. Yeah. They'll say like uh certain refs will allow uh wrestlers to cheat a bit more because they don't want to throw the match out. And they'll emphasize <laughs> it'll be like Red Shoes Umino does not want um or Red Shoes Uno does not want the match to be thrown out because he knows how much it means to the fans and to these wrestlers. So he's gonna let them continue, but he will admonish the wrestlers and then at a certain point will step in. Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll do it to the point of sometimes like a guy will get hit with a chair and they go for the cover, and if he sees that there's a chair, he'll just say, No, I'm not I'm not doing the three yeah, count. He just won't count, yeah. And uh the the stuff in ring. You see a lot with Gorillas of Destiny and the Young Bucks did it at the time. And mm-hmm. um the uh just anybody in Bullet Club, they all cheat. They all stay in the ring for an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I always see people getting upset about that and I think it's just because I've watched a lot of PWG in my day and mm-hmm. like a lot of indie tag team wrestling, and they don't really do the count for staying in the ring for too long and stuff like that. I, I guess mm-hmm. I've just gotten used to it. So yeah, it I think really it's just me. it's a different style. It's mm-hmm. not for everybody. So if that's yeah, not like the type in Mexico, of stuff they don't even like. have to tag. In Mexico, you don't even have to tag. Like if your partner leaves the ring, mm-hmm. you can just come in. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that stuff. Yeah, it could be hurting the uh, the division for you, or the tag division. For me, I, I like it, because I'm used to it, because mm-hmm. I came back to wrestling because of NJPW, and this is the style of tag wrestling that they yeah. do there. So, I'm quite used to it. Yeah, Whereas that's for how people, I feel too. For people that watch WWE, yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. So, if you're if you prefer the WWE style, yeah, you'll it'll be jarring to you, and you won't like it. And I, the there's nothing wrong with not liking it. Yeah, that's why FTR set up those rules for their matches, though. Like you exactly. have to tag rope and. All right, so we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Have a.